0: What's good, how it be, and how you living? Welcome to episode six of I Said What I Said, a podcast dedicated to living, laughing, and speaking the truth. I'm your host, Tori Forte, and as you can tell, I am coming on to the podcast with a little bit of a different flavor, but I'll get into that in just a moment. I would like to start by apologizing formally for my absence. Yeah, had some personal things going on that kind of kept me away, but I overcame those obstacles. And so I'm good. I am here um, and just happy to be back on the mic. It feels so, so, so good. I feel back at home. So back to my approach, my changed approach to the uh, intro for my podcast. I am going to be talking on the subject of AAVE or as many of us grew up learning uh, it called Ebonics. But now we have people that study uh, languages, um, linguistics and we have very few that study Black English. And so we're going to dig into some of the resources um, and videos that were provided to me uh, by my professor, Dr. Tahina Harrow. And we're going to dig into those pieces and I want to share those with you. So the first one that took me the longest time to get through, um, and I think it's simply because a lot of the uh, language and terms um, and when I say language let me say this again languages and terms I had to have a dictionary nearby y'all not even gonna lie but this podcast that we had to listen to is by um, I would say a well-known linguistics um, his name is John McWhorter definitely have seen him on TED Talks he has several books out a great majority of those do speak on race and black culture and so this podcast basically broke down black english and when i say he broke it down like he went all the way back um to where it talked about how uh slaves um you know would come over you know not by their will, obviously, but would come over and they had to acclimate by imitating uh, their slave masters um, and not being able to speak your own language uh, because you have been told that you cannot. What else can you do but imitate or create your own language around what you are hearing and learning from these slave masters? Um Mick also mentioned that a lot of the slave, you know, the slave workers and in the fields, those were not really intelligent people. The intelligent people were inside. Right. So the slave masters that are out there in the fields, you know, they are not the smartest people. So there's a really good chance that the English that they were speaking was not, quote unquote, proper English. So slaves are learning and picking up what they are hearing so now we bring all of the um code and the uh, you know the change of change of words rather and and music um that has just kind of grown with the black culture here in america and we have created and developed this amazing language that you know McWhorter says it's complex. There are lots of complexities. Um, Now another video that we were given to watch a lot shorter, a lot easier to kind of take in, a lot more fun as well. Uh, But this was a video produced by BET um, and it's called The Breakdown. And it also does a quick little breakdown of AAVE. In Black English, and the root of that, and um, how all of that transpired. Uh, And it's hosted by um, a gentleman who goes by Clarity. That's Clarity with a K. Haven't seen him on any of other BET's things, nor have I seen any other breakdown, quote unquote, the breakdown episodes. But from what it looks like, there are other episodes. So I'm looking forward to kind of uh, digging into that and seeing what else they have to offer. Um, But He also, you know, interviewed or had professors, um, you know, professors of word art um, and other linguistics to come in and speak on the complexity of black English. And the way it was broken down, it is, it is, we provide, while it seems like we shorten everything, we do shorten it so, uh, you know, slang words like yo and like teach if you will instead of teacher Um, so things that we shorten uh, there are also words that we use that are kind of grammar tense related so when someone says you know yo what's good or yo how it be and every time he be going to the store you know he be like things like that it's grammar tense is how they put it. Um, And I say they because, you know, um, McWhorter also uh, mentioned the grammar tense and what it does, what Black English does is it creates like this indefinite or continual, uh, almost like a perennial. So he be going to the store all the time or every time she be like, so every time he be going to the store, every time he goes to the store, that is how he is. Every time she calls, that is how she is. So those are the the tricks and the trades of black English that is not in, or you know, American English or proper English does not have um, that flexibility. And I think it's so amazing how what was once looked at as ignorance is now a complexity and how other cultures and races are not only embracing it and when i say they're embracing it let me say let me tread lightly on that there are some that embrace it there are still plenty that frown upon it however it is engulfed in so much music and not just r b music not just hip-hop music but it is found through out a lot of different genres. Uh, I mean, McWhorter even played like this ragtime, uh, you know, uh, piano piece that was being done by a white man. But the influence that he had to kind of catch that swag in the way that he was playing, uh, he learned that from a black man. There have just been over time, it's shown, you know, that Uh, people of color are really the ones who are making these strides only for them to be stepped over. But that is not what we are here to talk about today. (laughs) Not going to go there today. Uh, But I do want to kind of get on back into the topic uh you know along with uh those grammar tenses uh, how she be and all of that good jazz there's also something i'm definitely guilty of doing which is opposites as an opposites as an emphasis uh things along the lines of oh man that's a bad suit you got on brother or uh especially church oh Sister, you are casket sharp today. Or yo, those sneakers, they are sick. Or my favorite. Someone bumps into you, you already know y'all kinda aren't on good terms. You bump shoulders, they look back at you and say, oh my bad, and then what do you say? Ah, you good, knowing good and well that you too are not good. So those opposites as emphasis. Uh, something that was also brought up in the that B E T uh, segment of the breakdown. Um, Clarity did a hilarious job hosting this. Uh, there a lot of the bits and pieces, you know, definitely were educational uh, and informative. But he brought a really cool comedic. Uh, spin to that segment so it was really really good uh something that they also mentioned is that a lot of this language was also developed in the beauty and barber shops and in the churches which makes complete sense because that was you know the very few places um especially during like segregation um you know that things could be discussed um in slavery church was you know one of those things where you know few slaves were able to have masters would grant them the opportunity to have, you know, their own church time or they would have their own gospel songs or, um, hymns, things like that, that they would sing. So all of these things have been cultivated, um, you know, from the ground up by us. And I think it's a really cool, um, although sadly not widely practiced, um, Art of Word. Uh, and I noticed that there was a Word of Art professor and I, I didn't catch her name. I want to say it was like, Shh, oh gosh, let me not do that. But I will still, I want to just heavily like push the <laughs> the visit that you go and you watch this video. Very, very cool. I want to find a way to try and share it um, with the podcast. Um, so, my next question is going to be, should classrooms embrace AAVE? Now I'm not saying, should, you know, should the teacher be teaching Ebonics? No. Should the teacher teach black English? Eh, No, but I'm saying that if the student walks in and they speak black English, because in their home, that is what they are comfortable doing. I don't feel a teacher should frown upon a child and say, you're not speaking correctly. Growing up as a biracial child, my father's white, my mother's black, we would have family functions with my father's side of the family. And it was not until I kind of was like around six or seven, when I realized that, oh, okay, I'm not I'm not supposed to talk talk like this here. My mom would find herself correcting me, um, you know, whenever we were with them. But whenever we would be with her side of the family, it was not even a thought or an issue. And in fact, I would get teased by my cousins for speaking proper English or talking like a white girl um and so it's one of those things where do we do we frown upon that or do we go ahead and we embrace it I say we embrace it especially as a teacher teachers should take kids in as they are and teach them what you are supposed to teach them in terms of the Um, you know the syllabus but don't frown on them meet them meet them where they are so that way they are comfortable and can be who they are and if they pick up on you know the quote-unquote proper way of speaking or if they catch on to you know just um, American English then great you give them the opportunity to learn how to code switch but don't make them feel like by not Code switching or not speaking in quote unquote proper English, that they are stupid or ignorant or don't have home training. Um, Meeting kids where they are gives them the opportunity to do better in school. And when they are able to be who they truly are and they are comfortable, you're able to teach them better. All of these things. Tie together and will ultimately build up a culture that has, for so long, been frowned upon and looked at, looked at as ignorant or less than because of what is now a complexity of a language uh, that not many people can study. It um, something really, really cool. Now, why I said that McHorder's podcast. It was a slow listen for me like I said I had to have my dictionary nearby I had to rewind and fast forward and rewind and fast forward but black English is not the only language that has a way of um, shortening words and having different meanings Um, he he, not briefly mentioned, he mentioned for a while, (laughs) but he mentioned that uh, German and Mandarin um, are also languages that will take a word and shorten it uh, to where sometimes it's hard for um, maybe a translator or someone who maybe not be fluent um, in the home language would struggle with. Um, He even kind of stumbled upon some of the words I feel like that also may be why, whenever we watch um, movies that are produced in another language from another country, um, why sometimes the subtitles don't make sense. um, Because what you're reading, you know, or maybe it's not that they don't make sense, but if you are someone who speaks that language, you're like, ah, that's not what they said. You know, uh, I know I have a, a couple of people. Um, in my life who are um latin and some of like the oh, what is it uh queen of the south you know shows i think it's i think it's that one you know and i'm sitting on her couch and i'm reading the subtitles while she listens to it in spanish and she was like okay so what she really said was da, 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 da. it's like oh that that makes a lot more sense or oh that flowed a lot better and would make a lot more sense as a character so it's not just you know black english there are other uh, languages that embrace um, you know shortening the word or I guess um, have their own ebonics I think it's again something beautiful um, that other races are catching on to. And as much as they want to frown, I think they secretly like it and just hate that they can't get away with it. You know? (laughs) But I mean, so many people of so many races um, do speak Black English. So bring it on. Welcome my brothers and my sisters. I mean, shoot, there are some, some people from other races that probably use Black English more than I do. I say be who you are um, and be loved for who you are um, and speak however it is for you to be, you know, to be giving your words and to be expressing yourself. If that means saying, hey, how you doing? I will be going on corner, whatever it is. (laughs) Like, see, I can't even do it. I can't, I don't have it in me. But I say, you know, let A-A-V-E rain um let it do its thing uh i'm going to wrap us up uh today was fun it like i said it's great being back on the mic um i am going to take this minute to ask you to go to instagram unfollow my old page and then jump on this new one i got hacked in february and it really hurt my feelings um to the point where i just didn't do anything on social media. I I took kind of a break. I felt uh, very much so invaded um, and I just needed a break. And despite my many, many attempts to recover my page, I haven't been able to. So um, I created a new one. So now you can follow me on Instagram at only one Tori Forte. Um, Again, that's Only the number one, Tori Forte. I'll follow you back. Let's get my page up where it needs to be. And I'll start posting a little bit more content coming back to my podcast like I'm supposed to. I know. Shame on me. Boo. I suck. I know. But hey, I am back. And it feels so good to be back. Thank you so much for listening. This has been another amazing episode of I Said What I Said, a podcast dedicated to living laughing, and speaking the truth. This is Tori Forte, and I said what I said. Peace out, y'all.